Right now, Nina Anderson is with us by phone. She's the author of two great books, one called Your Health and Your House, and the other, Are You Poisoning Your Pets? And Nina Anderson, welcome to WHO Radio today. Thanks Hi. for being with us. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. Uh, Nina, this is the time of year that we start thinking about spring cleaning and all those types of things. And uh, I know a lot of us use some of the cleaning solutions that you can buy in the store. And one of the things that your book addresses is some of the dangers involved in that. And so we want to talk about the, the effects of, of some of these different products on your health and also things that you can do around the house to help make you healthy, right? That's true. We have uh, cleaning products are a really uh, big thing. People don't realize. They listen to all the hype on the television about how good things clean, but they don't realize what they're doing to their lungs and to their actual health. There's a lot of chemicals in cleaning products today. The body does not like chemicals, and it reacts to them in an adverse way. Just for instance, chlorine, which is in uh, a lot of your floor cleaning products, your toilet bowl disinfectors, and even they put it in the water. That when it uh, comes in contact with decaying plant matter causes a substance to arise called trihalomethanes, which is carcinogenic. These dead plant matters are also exactly what's happening when food ferments in your intestines. So if you ingest mm. chlorine, guess what? Mm. So it's, it's very important not to breathe those kinds of fumes and especially not to drink the water that's been chlorinated. So what's the solution for those of us that are now getting ready today to start cleaning? Well, there's so many non-toxic products on the market. You just have to be real diligent and go look for them. Most health food stores have quite an array. Uh, citrus products are great. They are very non-toxic. They leave a really nice smell, and they'll cut through just about any grease. A borax is good. Vinegar is extremely good. You were just going to mention windows. Cleaning with uh, a little bit of um, vinegar, and you can even put a few drops of lemon juice in it to make it smell nice. Mm -hmm. That'll be terrific. It cleans windows wonderfully, and you don't have to have any chemical fumes at all. The big thing you have to be careful with cleaning products, if you have animals, and one thing we discuss in our Are You Poisoning Your Pets book, is that the animals can walk in the uh, on the floors when they're wet or if you've just waxed them, yeah. and they can become sick because of the toxic chemicals getting on their skin. Also, they are down low on the floor, and they're breathing those fumes on a long-term basis, and so therefore you can cause illness in your animals. Hmm. What about bleach? Bleach is the same thing. There's a lot of non-toxic and non-corrosive bleaches out there. You have to be very, very careful. Obviously, you don't want to let your dog or your cat lap up the bleach, which how, probably they wouldn't do if they yeah. stuck their noses close to it. But how do you read a label to know whether it's going to be toxic or not? My rule of thumb, it's very, very difficult today because everything's camouflaged with words that have about 25 or 30 letters in them, and you right. have not a clue what they are. Right. And my rule of thumb is if it says on there, don't eat it, don't get it in your eyes, don't, you know, don't breathe the fumes, then I wouldn't use it. Hmm. I mean, the, the warnings are there for a reason, and they're telling you something. And if you look at um, vinegar, obviously it's going to say don't get in the cut, only because it's going to sting you. It's not going to cause you any bodily harm. Hmm. So if it says don't eat it, don't get it in your eyes, don't breathe it, mm -hmm. don't buy it. Right. Boy, that cuts down on a lot of them. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, 60, 70 years ago, our, our homes were just as clean. Our great-grandmothers were always cleaning, and they had spotless houses, and they didn't have the advantage of all these chemicals. So the old-fashioned things do work. Mm -hmm. What about using spray bottles, even if they're safe, even if they're non-toxic? Does the actual spray cause breathing problems for some people? Most um, sprays today um, don't have the fluorocarbons in them, so they're not harmful to the atmosphere. A lot of them are pump spray bottles. 
they shouldn't really cause a problem. Um, if you're spraying, you're obviously, if you're using a chemical spray, you should have a mask on, which, of course, no one does. Um, if you don't have, like, if you're using non-toxic sprays, then they really shouldn't cause yeah. you any harm. And, Nina, I was really interested in the Your Health and Your House book. Uh, we moved into a home, and we installed carpets uh, this last year. And uh, we've got a daughter with asthma, and she's been having breathing problems ever since we've had that carpet put in. Is that typical? Well, we uh, it's very typical. If you won't believe it, but carpets have over, or commercial carpets, I should say, the synthetic kind, which is probably what you installed because the price is right. Right. They have over 2,000 chemicals in each one of those little strands, and a major uh, component of that is formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is used primarily for stain resistance. The same thing with your dry cleaning. When you come home, they have that dry cleaning smell. That's formaldehyde. That is extremely hazardous. Formaldehyde is a big cause of asthma. It also can, I just can read you a few of the symptoms. In the book, we have a whole list of symptoms and then tell you exactly Mm -hmm. what it is that causes it. Um, formaldehyde can cause also blurred vision and ca- cancer. Just something simple like clammy skin or cold or cough or depression. I mean, the, the fatigue, the list goes mm. on and on. And many people who develop chronic fatigue or can- are chemically sensitive have been exposed to some sort of mm. a high-level formaldehyde. So you're absolutely accurate. In our uh, Are You Poisoning Your Pet book, we have a cute little story about a family of spiders who were constantly walking across the carpet when they installed a brand new carpet, these these spiders avoided that carpet, and <laughs> then the people started getting sick, so they threw out the carpet and put a, a wool carpet in. Spiders came back. Hmm. So, so they know something we don't yeah. know. Well, lots of us though are thinking of remodeling right now. I mean, this is the time of year we start to think about it. Are there safe ways to remodel then? Oh, absolutely. There's so many uh, good things. First of all, hardwood floors are beautiful, and they're very non-toxic, especially if you use one of the non-toxic. Uh, finishes on them, Mm -hmm. then you can, for carpets, you can go and get wool carpets, you can get cotton area rugs, there's a Cecil and Jute as well, and of course, if you're really fancy and have a nice uh, floor in a kitchen or a dining room, you can also put ceramic tile. That's really good for you because it doesn't have any chemicals in it. I thought I heard of some experimental home where they are doing some new kind of carpet in it. Uh, I don't even know what it is. It could be recycled fiber. Yes, it's some kind of recycled product. I remember that. The plastic carpets um, are, you know, they feel really nice. It's almost like the turtle fur that you wear. But you have to be careful with recycled carpets. You have to start asking the companies, and, and I'm, I'm not absolutely convinced that they're non-toxic because you're breathing the plastic fumes, and plastic fumes have chemicals in them. I gave up turtle fur. Uh, that's animal fur. I don't believe No. Yeah. What, what is it? <laughs> it must be kind of scratchy. <laughs> Our guest is Nina Anderson, the author of Your Health and Your House and Are You Poisoning Your Pet? And, Nina, I was amazed to read that very often it's the pets that first discover that a house is unhealthy. Isn't that true? That's absolutely true. Your animals are within two feet of the floor where most of the toxins are in your house. They sort of settle down to the ground and they will come up, because they're smaller body size, they will come up with symptoms prior to you. If you have small children, you can expect your small children to develop some sort of illness after the pet does if you don't correct the problem. One of the things that is really interesting is that people are saying the dogs are harbingers of lead poisoning, just as we used to use the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Because if a dog gets lead poisoning either through eating lead paint off the wall or ingesting dust or having lead from the water, from the uh, lead pipes, 
they will start exhibiting all sorts of signs of lead poisoning. And if you don't alert the vet to the fact that you have lead in your house or in your environment, he may misdiagnose it, mm. and then your child will pick up the wow. problem. Is it my imagination, or are pets suffering more from illnesses, and is that because of the home? Um, it's partly because of the home and also because of their diet. We've just written another book called Super Nutrition for Animals, and we discuss that in that book. It's, it's a lot of times that their immune systems are compromised. They're not able to handle the toxins that we're assaulting them with. And it's the same thing for our children as well. Children have things like ADD today. Right. They have a lot of asthma. They have a lot of... Um, arthritis in their teenage years, which they never had before, and it's the whole breakdown of the system. But a lot of times it's because we are putting toxic things in our home and in our yards, the pesticides we use, the bug sprays. Yeah, I think you mentioned that uh, now today. I know there are going to be people out there that are going to start to do things in their yards. Uh, Eventually they'll be using some pesticides and things. That's very dangerous for the animals, the dogs that are running out in the yard, and then they come back in, bring it into the house, right? It's also dangerous for the children because who plays in the yard? The kids. And no one, my belief is no one should ever use toxic pesticides, uh, weed killers or anything. They're extremely carcinogenic. They get into the water sources and then you're drinking them. Plus the children and the pets are going to have problems. There are so many more alternatives today that you really don't have to use anything toxic in your yard. Do general stores, do normal stores sell non-toxic things to, to do your yard with? Some do. You have to really uh, be careful. You can request it from the normal hardware stores. There's uh, catalogs like Gardens Alive, which sends out to everybody, I think, in the country, and they are all non-toxic, so you can just mail order a lot of this. Mm-hmm. The thing you have to be careful about, and I think what people really are freaking out about this time of year is, oh, my gosh, flea season's going to come up, especially if you have an animal. Right. And people will do anything to get rid of fleas, and people are very used to bombing a house. Right. And it says, don't come back in for three hours. Right. Well, the problem is that the residue from that flea bomb lasts 50 years. So you will now be breathing toxic pesticides for 50 years while you're in that home. 50 years? And they don't tell you that on the can. Wow. <laughs> so huh. you have to really do alternatives. We talk in our uh, Are You Placing Your Pet book about giving animals nutritional yeast and garlic. This causes their skin to have an odor that fleas don't like. And if they don't hop on the animals, they're not going to come and hop on your rug. Can I use that, too, to get those bugs away from me in the summer? Just yeah. <laughs> well, B12 is really good to get rid of mosquitoes. Okay. You start really? taking vitamin B. I think it's B12 hmm. or B6. I can't remember which one. But one of the B vitamins, if you take a B complex, chances of getting mosquito hmm. bites are going to be diminished. One more pet question. Shouldn't pets just plain be outside if they can be? Like, Shouldn't dogs and cats be outside? I think it's great if they can be outside as long as you can control them, you know, with those little electric uh, fences and the electric collars so they don't roam. It's extremely important. You don't want them to get hit by cars, but I think it's important to have pets outside in the fresh air, especially because they need the sunlight. They need the vitamin D. Yeah. Just like people. See, that's what I wonder. Are many of these health problems that pets are having today because they're all stuck inside. I mean, they go out, they run out for two minutes, do their thing, come back in, and that's the only time they're ever outdoors. Well, look at people. I mean, people go in the winter, especially from their house to their car to their office building. That's right. They're not outside either, and they're really getting um, pro- immune system compromised problems because of being indoors right. all the time and having impure yeah. air. Are we building our homes too tightly? I, I heard somebody say once that we're not letting any air in and we need some fresh air to circulate, but your book, I think, didn't exactly say that same thing. It's real important to have a tight house because you want to reconserve the heat and you want to make sure that your insulation is up to par. What you do need to do if you are having a new home and it's being built tight to conserve the heat is you need to put in some way of getting the air exchanged. And many new homes, especially many modular companies, I think in Canada almost all of them do this, 
is to have an air exchanger. It's a device that goes on your uh, heating system, and it actually pulls in fresh air. If worse comes to worse, open a window. Yeah. We tried uh, just opening a window a crack throughout the, win- the winter, just every once in a while. Just open it a crack mm-hmm. just for a little bit, and that just helps to get some fresh air in there. It does. You can also use air cleaners and air purifiers. There's so many of them out there today that that would really help to clean the air in your home. Well, in your book, Your Health in Your House, you mentioned some specifics uh, where you can get the certain types of purifiers or cleaners or something like that. Yeah, in both books we have resourced uh, information where people can go and get different things yeah. with 800 numbers. What's the best type of air filter system? I would say it depends on your needs, but um, an air filter system with a HEPA filter and a carbon in it are probably the most effective. Um, air purifiers that use ozone and negative ionization, as long as you use them properly, are extremely good because they also get rid of a lot of the toxic gases, especially those that will come mm-hmm. out of your carpet. Yeah. Many of us live in homes with garages that are attached. Is there danger of the carbon monoxide coming into the home and staying in there? Only if you start your car with the door shut in the garage. But some people do. They don't think. I know. But they can kill their their (laughs) sleeping family members that way. Carbon monoxide does not take very long to build up in concentration. Just be real careful. And, of course, everybody should have a carbon monoxide detector in their home. What do we do in the winter, Nina, those of us that live in the Midwest and then you up there in the Northeast? uh, I mean, you're pretty much closed up in your house. Uh, we have a lot of dust, a lot of uh, a lot of sickness, you know, germs. Is there any way to help? Well, what I, I would do is I would have a conclave with the dust mites and tell them to go in their own space, you know. <laughs> 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 well, you've seen pictures of those. They're pretty scary. They're really I know, they're gross. <laughs> but, if, you know, I mean, obviously people are going to clean their house. If they're going to use a regular vacuum, a lot of times the vacuum is just as bad because it pulls in the big pieces of the dust, but the little pieces go back out into the air. Um, if you have a central vac, that's really good, or a water vacuum cleaner is great. But an air purifier is absolutely essential. We tell people if you're going to do two things for your home, you know, and don't buy any frivolous things. Buy a water purifier and an air purifier, and that will help you in your health. I don't care if you have to avoid going to the movies three Saturday nights in a row. It's very important. Now, an air purifier, are you talking about a separate unit or one that's attached to the central system? Um, It's better if you have a separate unit. The one that's attached to the central system normally just filters the air going into the furnace. It doesn't necessarily do the air in the room. There are some that you can get that do do the whole house, but they usually have to be installed at the time you're building. So if it's a separate system, you're talking about having to have different things in different rooms, aren't you? Well, some of them can do the whole house if they have the capacity. Depends on the layout of your house. Mm -hmm. But we we have two. We have one upstairs in the bedroom. We have an air filter unit in the bedroom, and then we have an ozone one over in our loft area over top of where Mm -hmm. we have our wood stove to keep the particulates down. I was interested in your book. You mentioned electromagnetic stress, where Ah. there are are household items now that are causing a lot of physical problems for people. Well, an interesting story is my daughter used to work in a uh, school, a private school, with kids with learning disabilities, and they used to have overhead radiant electric heat, the old style, and whenever the heat would go on, the kids' behavior would change for the worse. When the, the nice days, summer days came and the heat would go off, the kids were completely different disposition. This was a really good example. Electromagnetic fields will affect your body's ability to keep itself strong and also will affect your behavior. It'll make you tired and fatigued. It can hmm. cause women to have miscarriages and it can cause tumors. Um, the other thing is microwaves. They're finding a lot of kids who are working in fast food restaurants and have the microwaves at eye level yeah. are actually getting cataracts. Hmm because the electromagnetic stress is so bad that the eye can't compensate and it's getting weak. Are you telling us to get rid of our microwaves? 
Um, I wouldn't say get rid of it. I would say get a microwave detector, which are only little cards. They're like $5 and check it all the time. And when you do turn it on, stay at least four to five feet from it in all directions. And that includes behind the wall as well. Because the electromagnetic fields are very, very strong when the microwave's running. Now, we almost bought a house that was literally uh, right in the backyard of a gigantic power line. And we heard differing comments from people. Some people said, oh, no, you know, it's not safe, totally safe. And then other people said, you're crazy. You should never live near giant power lines. What do you think? They have proven that within 200 yards of high-tension power lines, there's an extremely high rate of leukemia. I used to live in Niagara County in New York. They have huge amounts of power surges there. Everywhere you look, there's power lines, plus the fact they have Love Canal, and they have a lot of chlorinated water. They have one of the higher in, highest incidences of cancer in the country. Hmm. So, you know, you can, if I were you, even though the jury isn't out on it yet, I, wouldn't take I would stay away from it. Sure. Uh, finally, Nina, tell us about your home, because I read that you live in a non-toxic model home. Well, what we did is we took a 200-year-old house and totally gutted it and took out all the walls and put all new walls in, kept the frame, and we decorated inside all non-toxically. All our finishes, our stains, our uh, varnishes, and our paints were all from a company in California called AFM, and they were all non-toxic, which means they had very little, if any, volatile organic compounds, which is chemical. Mm -hmm. We put all our cotton rugs in on top of hardwood floors. We put ceramic tile even on the kitchen counters, which is and used as sort of a mud system so that they're like cement, so there's no toxic chemicals anywhere. And uh, we have a couple of air purifiers, and we have a water purifier. It really didn't take a lot to do Hmm. a non-toxic house, and it didn't cost us any more than if we had gone crazy and bought a lot of real high-tech, new uh, designed furnishings. Yeah, a lot of us, though, right now are starting to think about painting and things like that. Are you saying that we should not use normal paint in the store? Latex paint is fine as long as you go and look on the labels and see that it says low VOC. There are several kinds, like I know Trip and Glidden are two brands that do have low VOC paint should be 250 milliliters or less and you can see that it's written right on the can um, when you do paint make sure you do it where you can keep the windows open for at least a week wow. because you want to make sure the fumes aren't coming through you may get subtle headaches you may have subtle things happen to your body you don't even know if you're strong this isn't going to affect you much but suppose that you have an immune compromised disease of some sort this is not going to help yeah Lots of great information in these books, Your Health and Your House, and also Are You Poisoning Your Pets? Nina, thanks for helping us kind of get ready for spring here. Okay, thanks. Good luck.